It's John Wilskin. It's the Deming Profound Podcast, where we sort of explore everything. That not every subject has to be Dr. Deming. Um, I got like an amazing, fascinating guest today who I've I've gotten to meet a couple of times over the years, and uh, and we probably thank Mark Miller for the original you know, introduction to to totally to, yeah, uh, Mark. To Mark was good. So Chris, <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself and, and tell me about your background. Uh, so Chris Roberts, um, you can probably find me scattered all over bits of the internet. Let's face it, I'm not the hardest one to find these days anymore. Um, background. Oh gosh, let's see. Uh, hacker and then military and then hacker and and now you know a little bit of everything. Virtual CISOE stuff, consulting, the Hillbilly Hit Squad, <laughs> all sorts. Whiskey's watches and work. I think it kind of boils down to the. It's like the wibbly wobbly web, but we've got the three W's doing other things these days. Well, that's my surprise question. Islay versus Sprayside. Ooh! Oh my gosh! Such ah oh, Okay, so the heart, <laughs> the heart has to be Isla, and the heart's got to be Isla, definitely. I mean, it's in fact, it's not just the heart; it's the taste. I mean, you've just got this raw earth. Back to basics, gorgeous, amazing flavor profile coming out of that neck of the woods. But then you go to the space, and I mean, you've got some amazing yeah, flavor okay. profiles coming out of that. Although, honestly, probably a harder decision will be Campbelltown. So, you know, go south down. down okay, yeah, that's, I'm not, you've you sort of reached my capacity of like understanding this. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I can only fit like, you know, McAllen and a couple yep. of Glens versus, uh, it was a Coliner. <laughs> And like, yeah. this is one of my favorite. Uh, but I, I got to admit, I, I'm probably on the wimpier side here. I'm, I'm just the McAllen 18 is my go-to. So no, That's never a bad one. I mean, it's, it's, I think the fascinating thing about something like a McAllen 18 is the ability to continue to do consistency. Yeah, you know, it's, it's unlike a Johnny Walker where you're, you have variables that you can adjust. So this is the difference between a, a single a barrel and a, a blend. Right, right, and it you know at least with a blend you can account for annual variances. You if one's not so good, we can account. Yeah. Whereas with a, an eighteen, you, you're stuck with whatever the hell comes out of the barrel. Right. I mean, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. barrels, but all right, yeah. So let's uh, <laughs> elephant in the room. It you know I mean the, one of the first times I met you, um, you were introduced as oh by the way have you ever heard this story <laughs> and like oh my god yes <laughs> I have holy crap you know like. <laughs> So um, I'll let you tell whatever you want about that story, and you know we can we don't have to keep it too long. So. The guy that broke the airlines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, that was I mean, in, in short, that was six years worth of research. Wow. Um, we started it, and there's a number of us working on it, like 2009, 2010. We'd done a bunch of work on on cars, and we'd figured out how to stop cars and start them and break all sorts of stuff using Bluetooth and, and networks and stuff like that. And we moved on to bigger things, airplanes, you know, kind of like you do. I was really looking at because I was flying every single right. freaking minute of the day. And you're sitting in front of this box of electronics, riding on a box of electronics, being fueled and managed by another box of electronics. You're like, wonder how this works. And that's kind of like that. That's the hacker mentality. It's right. how does it work and what can I do? And so we started looking at it and realizing that how does it work was kind of cool and ridiculously interesting. And can we make it do things? And the short answer was yes. And then, yeah, we spent a while trying to trying to work with the industry. Didn't get too far. Um, took it in a different direction because I, I I will not be on my watch. I will not have an airplane going yeah. to the side of 
a mountain because of something I could have or should have said. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was the logic for it. And, um, you know, in some areas it helped and in other areas it absolutely blew up in my face. So, you know, I'm still suffering some of the consequences, but lessons learned were, you know, from a research standpoint, cover your ass is a little bit more effectively, unfortunately. That's a good, uh, um, you know, and, and again, we'll let the sort of readers find out on the interweb. Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's tough as well because there's so much that I'm not allowed to say, you know, I, they're, they're, (coughs) everybody who's listening, that's a train. I'm in the middle of Nebraska. I was actually, I'm driving back from, we just, that's so you want to talk about you want to talk about fun things to break into like <laughs> fun things. I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say that locomotives one. are amazing things to break into. Well, this um, this actually leads into something I really wanted to sort of hear from you. I I saw um a, a discussion you had recently on um uh, on LinkedIn about like hackers and and you know I, I've known Josh Corman for quite a while and you know so I've always admired. <laughs> some of the stuff he's done, you know? And, yeah. and so this idea that um, I think people, probably most people in IT or even DevOps are sort of aware of the difference between what you see on TV as a hacker and, you know, what you sort of this idea of this a meme of this evil person and people who actually try to figure out things before the evil people do. Yeah. Can you explain that? To, to the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Josh, Josh is fantastic because he's figured out, a way to to manage the the paperwork and the red tape way more effectively than I have. I tend to be a bull in a china shop. <laughs> um, Josh is extremely good and extremely eloquent at actually understanding how to get things done in a very different way. I mean, he's he'll go the very political, civilized way. I just drop a grenade and wander out. And I think so. It comes down to we all have we all see how the world works. And that's everything from the humans in it, the technology in it, the systems in it, the infrastructure. We'll see how it works. And a lot of people are happy with that. They're like, happy, okay, it works. I don't really care how it works. I really don't. I, it, as long as stuff just works, it works. And there's all, some of us in the world who are like, okay, mm, how can it work differently? What else is, why does it work? What the heck is gravity and what makes it work is no different than looking at the computer going, I wonder how those bits and bytes actually do what they should do. And so it's the, the hacker, ment- it's a mentality and a mindset more than anything else, which is really, how can I dig into this? What can I do? How can I understand it? And then if you're working with companies and organizations is how can I help them improve it? How can I help? That's why I love the DevSecOps movement so freaking much, because that's collaborative. That's us working with development. So when they're coding the stuff, we're like, hey, think about this because there are people like us who are not so good the criminal element who are going to take advantage of things the hacker mentality is look can i can i figure it out can i help explain it and can i can i make it better can i make it more effective more efficient or can i help people understand it so it's it's you know at the end of the day for good or for bad the the last words that anybody on this planet will ever hear if we ever find that big red button that shuts off the universe mm. will be, hmm, I wonder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there'll be a hacker sitting there going, hey, wonder what this does. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When that button exists, right? Somebody, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. The, I think the point you make, I mean, I, I go from like these people are great people who are, you know, saving lives to the reality is, and not to 
discount any of like the sort of great things you do and other people like Josh do um, is, I mean, that is part of it, but at the end of the day, you fly planes, <laughs> right. And like, yeah. uh, and you have the ability to figure out those or the mentality. And so if you're going to fly planes this much. Like I want to figure this out before somebody else does. I think that's it. It's really, you know, it's, it's it, this, this whole world that we're in is, is a chess set. Right. If you think about it. And unfortunately in security, you know, IT infosec security, whatever the heck you want to call it, we're not winning. I mean, against the adversary, against a bad person, whoever, we're just not winning. And the more that we can question everything that we see and everything that's put in front of us, the better chance that we have of actually catching up and maybe maybe actually getting ahead of things for change. Right. And the only way to do that is that kind of hacker mentality. At least stay on par, right? Like I I like mm-hmm. you know, I, I think about like the, you're right, the DevSecOps thing, like whether you hate the word, like word, and we can talk about something else I saw you talk about is we need better names for this stuff, right? But um we can table that a little bit. But um but like the the idea that um you know, I, I think when I'm giving a presentation sometimes and I'm in a big room, I'll ask how many people are, you know, work for banks, you know, in yeah. a large proportion of the room will raise their hand. And I'll say, well, how many of you like sort of get together and talk about security together? And all those hands yeah. go down. And I think yeah. that's the beauty of DevSecOps. I've had people in banks say, John, the biggest thing I want to thank you for is like, I didn't see a way for me to sit down at a table with B of A, Goldman Sachs before you know, some of this DevSecOps happened to have these kind of discussions and like that gives us strength, right? Like, you know, I think it's, it's, it's frustrating that you've had to build up something which human nature should have, which is collaboration. Right. 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 You know, when you think about it, the, you know, as technologists, we're not good at communication, collaboration, cooperation. It's human nature to some degree should be good at it, but you've you've had to set cops. And again, it kind of frustrates me that we're that there's so many people argue over the name. And I'm like, look, yeah. if you really don't like the name, call it what it is. We're That's forcing right. you to actually go talk to other people. Yeah, think about. Um, I tell people like, if you want to argue about the name, meet. Go ahead and group on the left side of the room because I'll be on the right hand <laughs> side of the room trying to figure out. Well, that that brings me to I think what like worries me the most these days. I mean, really worries me the most. Right is. Um, you know, Josh Corman says, like, you, like you know, the famous Mark Andreessen, you know, software's eating the world. You know, Josh says, I think of it more about software infecting the world. And he's not saying that, like, he hates software. He doesn't, you know, has anything against open source or anything. It's just that the price of admission of what is happening with software. And I saw you yeah. wrote something about sort of lines of code and bugs. And, oh and just gosh, to add yeah. to that, your thoughts about all of that. But then... Like, I think the dependency map is just beyond human comprehension. And and I think that um, like these and, you know, so I'll applaud anybody who tries any type of AI. Like I, I'm sort of neutral on it, but I still think that this is there's an escape velocity on the mess of dependency yeah, that, you know, that, that's probably worries me. And we see it all the time. You know, the large day four. I mean, we can go down the list, the list, the list, the list of how yeah. we get hammered. Anyway, yeah. I'll shut up. I want to hear you. Uh, <laughs> no, you totally kind of lockstep with you in that one. It's I think we, we forget to some degree how much we did. I mean, I, I'm sitting literally I'm sitting off to the side of the road. The train just went by. Well, that's all run by so. No, yes, okay, it's valves and electricity right, right, and stuff. Right, yeah, but yeah. 
I issue one command, the entire thing comes to a grinding halt, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. I look at the lights here. They're all managed and controlled by systems. The electricity pylon over here is going to be managed by, you know, an industrial control system. The buildings here are all, I mean, we as technologists literally now hold the keys to the kingdom for good or for bad. And, and, you know, we've had that for a long time, industrial revolution, blah, 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 blah. But you go forward now. And at this point in time, what one individual can do with a keyboard and a determined attitude is literally potentially wreak havoc on a lot of things. And I think we forget that. And we do forget it because, to your point, I put out the, I mean, two years ago, globally, it was, what, 93 or 97 billion lines of code. You can define what a hell of a line of code is, but it's a shit and a load of code no matter which way you look at it. And within that, if you take even a low average, you're looking at, say, 10 or 15 errors or bugs per thousand lines of code. Go the go the really, really good error, and just even say it's only two or three, you are looking at millions and millions and millions of errors of which we haven't found or we haven't identified. Yeah, yeah. Then you couple that with the 30,000 the 30,000, you know, different variants of malware and bugs that we see on a daily basis. And it's, it's not pretty. Yeah. Then you throw in the sort of, I mean, that's just a sort of a linear look at it, right? Throw in the complexity of all the independence or the interdependency of the software system. Yeah. yeah, It's, it is. um, It's, I think the other, the other challenge that I have, which is why, again, I've got a soft spot for anybody that says, Hey, let's work together. Right is we as an industry are still arguably in our infancy. You know, yes, as a, I mean, I've been kicking around this industry. I've been messing with computers for nigh on 40 years and a little bit. Even that hails into what we've got coming down the line. So we've taken it from an industry where, you know, you and I knew everything that we were working, that we had our hands on everything. We had a really good idea as to everything that was going on. We've expanded it and we've segmented it and we've we've sliced and diced it to such a point where no one person has the answers, no one group has the answers, and yet we still act like a bunch of damn school kids at times. And yet we have the keys to the kingdom in our hands. You know, we we now have software and systems that act upon a human that make life decisions, that make life choices, that interact with humans. So this isn't a case of, oh, it's screwed up, let's just reboot the computer. This is a case of we screwed up, we have life in our hands, and I don't think we are at a maturity level as an industry to actually accept that responsibility. Yeah, no, it's scary. I mean, I don't, you know, like, you know, every once in a while I'll I'll sit in on a boff, you know, through some of these financial Mm-hmm. Um, think tanks that I get invited to, and there'll be a couple of autonomous vehicle people, and I'll just sort of get the yeah. rest of them in, you know, and and you, mm-hmm. you hear these like, you know, ridiculously crazy stories about sort of learning algorithms. I've heard one story; it was just fascinating. That um, you know, after this car had been prototyped and all, they found that there was sort of a, a significant deviance in the car making left turns versus right turns. Yeah, right, and so. They literally brought in like, you know, the think tanks, the MITs, nobody could figure because like those algorithms are like, they're not like you can look at code to figure out like. Why yeah, no, this is a learning architecture and, that's on the flight. Yeah, you know, what they found is the prototype testing is that it would always come back sort of making a lot of sharp lefts at the end of the day. And there was these yellow signs and the, the light 
And it literally learned sort of differently on left turns, like slight significance, but enough to like probably not yeah. get approved, you know, um, yeah. you know, you know, um, you know uh, so, there was another instance. There was another instance where the learning algorithm, again, vehicle, autonomous vehicle. Right. I mean, again, we're putting our, we're putting our trust in a vehicle traveling at 60, 70, 80, 90, hundred miles an hour in a hundred million lines of code. And yet, in the original algorithms, they they'd used literally white Anglo-Saxon males for most of the testing. So this this damn vehicle that's traveling down the road couldn't recognize somebody who wasn't white effectively. Oh, and I'm like, crazy, not good, not good people. Oh, this wow, is wow. this is we are missing so much. And I think that's we've done so much. I mean, it's this industry is amazing, and I love it. But it's it's got a long way to go. And yeah, needs, you know, and then the thing is yeah. sort of how do we balance what we do, what, you know, sort of, you know, it's like I, I, I saw your, um, I, you know, I love this is why I think we get along. So I see your stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, like he's he's saying it better than I would say it. And I'm, I totally oh. agree. But but the large, you, you know, you made a comment about like I, I it's driving me crazy. And I don't I keep tempting myself to sort of write something like a blurb and then say, yeah, you know, it'll sound sort of like I think I'm really ridiculously smart if I say it. But um, like everybody who now claims that, like, if you use them, they would have solved the large project mess, you know, yeah. like. No, no, I'm sorry. Not gonna like I, you know, like all this. Um, you know, I guess it goes back to that sort of idea that like this is a mess. And yeah, you know, I I give everybody their sort of pat on the back for trying hard. But I wonder, like, are we losing? Or okay, okay. we've lost our soul. Here's what we've done, and here's I think this is where. You know, I look at a, I look at other people in the industry as well, and I've got some love for them. I mean, I look at like Evan, I look at you, I look at Mark, and I look at other people. And there's the the concept whether you call it mission before money, whether you call it people before profit. Right. Our job, if you really think about security and safety, our job is to do the best to look after our fellow our fellows. You know, it's it's to to do that, but we haven't done that. Our job, unfortunately, has become how many billionaires can we mint? How quickly can we get the company to go to IPO and public? And how quickly can we exit and do the next thing? We've we've lost the plot. Yeah. We no longer we no longer do security for the for the better of those around us. We do it to, to profit off it. Now I'm I'm not saying profiting is evil. I'm not right. saying it's bad. But I think there's elements of it. We all got to put food on the table. You know, I'm sitting in a very nice car and driving a lot, blah, 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 blah. Yes. But I think it gets to a point where it's too much and and security's gone there. And I think the other thing is, a perfect example. You come up with a new idea for a widget that will actually fix shit. Well, rather than me going, well, that's cool. and I'm going to do another company. Why don't I just knock on the door and go, hey, John, I love what you've done. I've got some ideas. Can we collaborate? Could we work together? Can I help you? We don't do that. I go off and form another company, and now the poor consumer's got two different people going, I can solve all of your problems. You're right. No, I mean, like, I'm not to sort of, I, I love, like, sort of JFrog, and I they've been, like, incredibly well to me. And and I think Shlomi, the CEO, is probably one of the better startup CEOs mm-hmm. in the business. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, the, the reality is like they started out and I, you know, I think they're still really good at all this stuff. So this is not a negative, but to me, like when you, you mentioned that we lost the plot, 
Like I look at some people who were creating this incredible stuff early on that was open and collaborative, you know, the VCs, I saw this at Docker, you know, like, you know, I saw Solomon, in my opinion, get tainted by the, 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 you know, I think Solomon left to his own devices would have been, you know, and again, not a negative against him, but he probably, his sort of worldview was, you know, save the world, make everything better. Let's, let's, you know, containers will make things but like they get a hold of you and they get your hooks in you and like, you know, you see these paths to billions or, you know, and, you know, ter- certainly hundreds of millions. And it, it just changes the plot, as you said, you know, yeah. like you know, when, you, when you IPO as a security company, oh, what it's, different it's when right. you're sort of trying to get a bunch of people in a room to try to help figure out a hard problem. And I think that's it. You know, it's where we, no longer are we going out there. I mean, this is, you know, again, I'm sitting in the middle of Nebraska. I'm. I did a bunch with a company called Flyover Futures because very few people understand the Midwest, understand exactly what it takes to look after and secure mm. and safeguard the Midwest. Mm. Very few people mm. have figured out or tend to care about, you know, the one, two, three, 10, 20 mom and pop shops, companies have been going 20 years and there's 10 people in there. They're getting their asses handed them on a daily basis by attackers who are just easily I just came out of doing an assessment and an amazing company loved helping them, but they're nice. They're too nice. They don't have the cynical streak that we have. So I walk in, I'm like, Hey, I'm Chris. And blah, blah, blah. Five minutes later, I'm in the damn data center. Half an hour later, I've owned absolutely everything. Um, And there's passwords all over the place. I'm like, okay, if you were a cynical, what's it? You would have tasered me before I walked in, but you're not because you're nice and you're Midwest people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, how do I help? How do I help them? How do I help them ask more questions? How do I help them more? Not how can I take advantage of them? Right. How do I help them to, to get better and be more effective? So, yeah, it's we've lost it. Yeah, we, we don't protect anymore. We try to profit. And yeah, I think that's yeah. that frustrating. Yeah, and I think that's the, you know, because I, I mean, again, I've done startups and I, you know, like you're, mm-hmm. you watch you, even yourself, you sort of start, you know, you have a good idea and like you, the, the sort of gravity just pulls you there. Yeah. Like, you know, how can I build the company? You know, will I sell it? Or, or even like, how can I be successful? I'm going to need money, right? Like, um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, we're going through that with the Dave product at the moment as well. It's like, you know, how do we how do we get this out to be more effective? And it is it's a terrible dichotomy because it's like, look, I need to. I'm working to be able to pay to develop Dave, and there's only so many cycles you can do of that. Do I take money? And if I do, do we're looking at potentially crowdfunding or crowdsourcing because at least there's less. There's less ties. There's less pressure. There's less. I don't have a, a bunch of VCs running down me. Same thing. I look at the other person. The other, I realize there's also hope because I look at like Evan Frankel and uh, and Ryan Clotier, who do FR Secure and Security Studio. I look at them and I'm like, they figured it out. I mean, they're running a multi million dollar company, but they're doing it right. So I know it can be done. It just takes more effort. I mean, it does take more effort, but it can be done. Yeah, I know. I think, uh, could you just elaborate on what the QFR, like the, what they're doing? Yeah. So FR secure again. Yeah. Okay. So those, uh, so those, and then services, security systems, okay. assessments, okay. um, doing a lot of stuff like local and state government. Again, one of those groups that a lot of companies tend to shy away from because it takes more effort. And then mm-hmm. studios doing a bunch of, uh, they're actually doing some really cool stuff on how to actually, how to talk about security in a way that everybody understands metrics and all the good stuff. Well, isn't that part of the problem that people just don't want to know, right? Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, 
I, I was on a call with uh, some some company that does software for some for the oil industry, and I was trying mm-hmm. to sort of have a conversation about dependencies and just understanding your sort of software supply chain a little bit better, you know. And but just like he's like, uh, why do I need to know that? Like I just sell software to. I'm like, like I'm sitting there going to say it's like okay, probably should just stop wasting my oxygen, but but like I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, you there's such a like, you know, you like well, first question is the, is there any open source in your technology? Well, the answer we know would be yes, right? And then like um like do you understand the liabilities that if somebody dies? And like, but they but like but they was they were so adamant, like I don't need, you know, like I don't know why I would need this. And I, I think too many people either just don't want to know. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and so it's hard for people like, you know, sort of us or you certainly to say, you know, like these mom and pops, like. Dude, let me come in. Like we, I don't, we don't. Yeah, a high level security guy like Chris, and you know, we're just right. a mom and pop. But like, I think everybody needs. You know, that's where I've got a little bit of love for some of the fractal stuff. Like I do the virtual CISO stuff. It's like, hey, you don't need a whole me. Number one, we're bloody expensive. Right. But right number right. two, it's really it's just the guiding. It's like, how do I, how do I synthesize? How do we synthesize the knowledge? a lot of us have in such a way that it could effectively help more people because there's only you know there's only one of you there's only one of me and there's only so many people we can talk to it's it's how do we do that more effectively and i don't want to i mean you want to do it not just so it's effective that's the mom and pop shop it's like how do i do it so it's cost effective how do i do it so i can add so they'll actually learn something from it or i mean there's the other alternative which is you know you throw a, you throw a crystal ball 5 10 15 years in the future there is a part of me i hate to say it i don't like humans that much it's <laughs> terrible i mean i just don't yeah you know, again, coming out of the military some of the some of the crazy shit i had to deal with did not give me a taste for for liking many humans and we're terrible to the planet we're terrible to each other we're terrible to ourselves at some point in time, there is a part of me that wants to make the argument, not just let the machines take over. How bad yeah, can it be? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I think about that myself too as I get older and I'm more cynic, you know, and I think about it. Then I just go back to, you know, we love the people we love and then we just have to <laughs> deal with the people we don't. And like, and you're right. Like, I, I can, I often tell my wife, those like, I think I like humans, you know, but then that, excluding the like the, the, the humans that I have, like, yeah, passion for, but um, yeah. You had told me a story once. I was just thinking about this that um, I loved it. Like um, that, you go into a company. You, you sort of alluded to this early, like, and you sort of almost peer on a security thing. So you'd have these people doing work, and meanwhile, you'd be like three steps ahead of them, like creating these disruptions, and just sort of watch the flow. I, I just thought that was uh, an incredible learning opportunity. Something like that, you know. Uh, yeah, I have a ton of fun doing that because, for whatever reason. I, the brain is wired in such a way that I that I enjoy doing that. We just did it here, doing some assessment stuff. But then I'm fortunate I get to wander in and out of some interesting think tanks. Whether oh well, I mean hell, we're, we're doing one now. Um, I get I do do a bunch of work every now and again with some folks uh, in the uh, uh, special forces teams, and I hate the fact that we keep putting we keep putting humans in harm's way. Mm-hmm. it's like how do we become more effective at it how do we do it easier how do we do simple faster how do we go oops you didn't get everything we have to send you back in again because that's just never fun for anybody so i started coming up with a bunch of tech solutions again using the human body and we yeah. started to come up with ideas about 
how do we store data inside the human? How do we move data? How do we use the human body almost as a almost as an antenna, should we say, for pulling yeah. data and moving data? So doing a bunch of fun stuff on that realm. Um, well, that's why I was like, sort of, we've had a couple of conversations over there. We need to make sure we have more. But um, <laughs> like the, uh, the last time I talked to you, you know, I, I like sort of ending with the, um, you know, what's interesting now in your sort of, it's usually pretty, the last time you told me, it was basically trying to use sort of mental brainwaves yeah. to implement passwords. So, yep. and then like, it sounds like you've taken that a little further now based on what Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gone on a few leaps and bands. I'm, I'm not quite at the stage where I've got Hollywood beat with, with Iron Man and his, uh, his <laughs> talk voices, <laughs> but I'm working on it. The computer now knows me way more effectively than it used to. Um, I've actually got it so it, it knows what I'm up to, what I'm doing ahead of when I'm doing it. It knows, yeah, I've got it in a more active mode now. So it's actually really, really cool. But then I'm also messing around um, two other areas I'm messing around. And one of them is on the molecular side with the human. And the other one, we were dealing with communication. I, I, I'm really happy about where we are, but it really frustrates the hell out of me because I want to hang around for another 50, 100, 200 years <laughs> just, yeah. just for shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking at, so one of the fun things at uh, the quantum world that's obviously getting more and more explored is the communication capabilities. So we start, you know, we, we've reached almost a maximum of where we can get to <coughs> by using lights, frequencies, colors, right, et cetera, right. et cetera. So now if you break light down, well, it's either a molecule or a wave. So if I give it a molecular stance, I split that molecule and I then move one half in one place and one half in another place. I can instant, literally instantaneously effect change on one end or the other end. So it's entanglement principles of the molecular level. So if I poke one half over, the other half goes ouch, and it doesn't matter where it is in the universe that's where it gets really crazy because all of a sudden this whole concept of light speed and everything else just gets kicked out of it, gets kicked into touch. And you're like, ah, different branch of mathematics. This is fun. Now, if you start thinking about it, if I can do that, I can scale down technology to a point where I can literally communicate using molecular based technologies. I don't have to have this racks and racks of crap. Secondly, I've got much more effective, much more efficient, much more secure, much easier and all these things much more robust methods of communication so doing some fun stuff on that and it's it's um, just fascinating and it's one of those things where i'm like how the hell do i stay how the hell do i keep doing this for as long as i humanly possibly got? i don't know how long this gray matters yeah that's done. right that's right maybe you can fix that too right but uh so let me, <laughs> let me sort of really dumb it down um in a yeah. in a sort of it smart way is is it sort of like you know, Shannon information theory at the molecular level. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's <laughs> freaking awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's totally awesome. I mean, it's, it's not quite a jam jar of molecules, but it feels like it's almost that it literally is. And, and you're kind of yelling into one jam jar and at the other end, the damn thing, the damn thing's yelling back at you. It's, it's, that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just fantastic stuff. And it's, there's a couple of amazing books out there of, and one of them is like, you know, one of them really is, is he explains how much we don't know. I mean, you look at molecules, we've identified, you know, 12 different molecular structures and we only use three of them. We have no freaking clue what the other nine have meant there. They're like, well, we know where they're there. Like dark matter. Yeah, it's kind of there. And there's more shit out there than there is on dark. We just don't know what the hell to do with it yet. Yeah, and I like, love that. 
like proteins, right? Like I read, you know, the difference between sort of the DNA and yeah. proteins. But but so I got a question that may annoy you, but like, uh, and I'm sure everybody asks you this question. And so forgive me up front. If no. What's your thoughts about quantum? Oh. So <laughs> I knew that was going to get oh, <laughs> So much cool stuff. So much cool stuff. I, You know, there's been a breakthrough recently in the last, basically in the last month that's actually made it more relevant. So one of the biggest problems with a, with a quantum computing is basically error correction for no yeah, better way of looking at it. Yeah, so if, yeah. yeah, ones, twos, and fours, eh, not too bad. You start scaling this stupid yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. Your error correction just goes through. Yeah, I heard on one of those boffs that I was, I was sitting that sort of explained to me was like, it's like going back 50 years and where they have the wire, like once yeah. the interjection is done, you'd have to have yeah. a sort of timed wire like that's where we are today in quantum. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's about one step away from like Bletchley Park and the English and and that side of it. Yeah. It really isn't too far from that in some ways, but the difference we have now, and this is where it gets really interesting with technology loops, because if you think about it, what you go back to turning, and you go back to that time frame, the time it took to get from that to like the diodes to everything else was was crazy. I mean, you, a crazy amount of time. Well, then we came around to the microchips and we shortened that tech loop down considerably. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, now at the quantum leveling, we, we've shortened it crazy because we first off were like, hey, we can use these two and do this. And ah, and then you put two up and you put four yeah. and like, shit, we've got too much error correction. Right. Rapidly, like within 12 to 18 months, we figured out a shit ton load of the error correction methodologies. So I'm that, that cycle for how quickly we're evolving the tech is shortening down ridiculously. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> Let me rephrase this. I am ridiculously happy with the technology and where I see it going. I'm ridiculously amazed at, at just some fundamental principles of what we're about to put mathematics through and security and computing. But the first person in marketing that tells me they've got quantum security. <laughs> You're going to punch in the nose. Oh, my God. I'm going to punch in the nose. I'm going to take outside. I'm going to strap down onto the grass and I'm going to taser them until I'm happy, which is going to be several cartridges. <laughs> that's awesome yeah i mean that's the interesting part right which is you know that sort of and i like again i i like i'm just like these this guy that lurks on the edges of all these topics but like quantum supremacy and and like yeah. what would happen when we when somebody breaks the sort of rsa encryption like you know, that's that's erased right that's just well see this is the problem this is where it gets really interesting because we each of us gets a bigger gun so this is where I love it because it's like, okay, you broke, you broke my RSA. Well, guess what? I got my own quantum engine that actually re-entangled that crypto and that cipher into a different one. Good luck. Have a nice day. Right. And I, I think that's what everybody misses. I mean, I, I, there was a freaking startup that was like, well, we can, we can, we can protect, we can protect you at the quantum level. I'm like, yeah, I don't quite know what that means. Do you? <laughs> and I, I think it's, it, it's again, this goes back to, it's a game of chess. This goes back to, you know, when you and I first started, this was, I mean, good grief alive. You know, it, it was modems and pre-modem oh, shift yeah, concept yeah. that we were breaking. And now we're talking about breaking quantum architectures. And every single step that the adversary makes, guess what? On the positive side, we get to step up as well, or whoever goes first. Right. So, That's right. you know, I'll break quantum, you know, we'll break RSA encryption, we'll break it all. But guess what? We'll, we'll end up with quantum encryption and anything that needs to will get run through the algorithm that says this is where you were, this is where you're going to be, and and off we go from there. It's an arms race. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is my problem with doing podcasts with guys like you because like I, like this could never end. But 
you know, one of the things on the quantum thing that I, I like that sort of popped up recently is this idea that these adversaries are stealing data now with mm-hmm. something that they can sort of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, good grief alive. I mean, there are caches. I mean, especially nation states. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. adversaries along our lines. Absolutely. But yeah, there are, I mean, good grief. I'd, I, you know, I would hate to know how I wouldn't. I mean, we know how much data is out there. You know, how much of that data is literally just waiting in state. Although, you know, again, at the end of the day, <sighs> there's easier ways to get the data. We always talk, I mean, encryption, you know, oh, you can't break my encryption. I'll tell you what, come sit down with me. I got a, I got a spanner. I'm going to break your fingers or I'm going to go get your kid. And I'm going to break your kid's fingers until you give me the key. Hmm. Encryption yeah. broken. Next question. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. That's. Uh, I mean, there's, that's... there's always a way, and arguably, it always comes back to the human. You know, this is right. the technology race. I mean, technology's outpaced our ability to understand it. No two ways about okay. it. We're yeah, doing yeah. the best okay. we can keep up. But at the end of the day, it's the human. We we got to come. We got to bring it back to the human again. Part of the reason for the DevSecOps is it. Mm-hmm. it it makes you think about collaboration, communication, and cooperation. It's what it should be. It's all about the human. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, you know, again, I, the, a lot of what I think about is a shift away from sort of determinism as the human being the controller to the human being the actor. But uh, like, if we go too far, we sort of diminish the human's role as yeah. sort of a, a real, like in an airplane, right? That's a great example. Is we completely have moved away from the pilot being 100% control, mm-hmm. a plane, a pilot being an actor in a, in a set of actors. But yeah. we never, we, you know, we, we find out over and over if we lose the human element of those, we, we find a, I, There's control. trust in it. I mean, there's a statistic I remember from several years ago, and somebody would have to quote or double check it. But there's a statistic somewhere that says, you know, planes would be a lot safer if we didn't have pilots. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's because human error. I mean, arguably that gets safe. Although, <laughs> although I don't really want the computer running it, especially with the fun and games we're having with 5G. Belly flopping a plane because it got its altitude messed up. Yeah. yeah probably yeah. Not something you want to be in the middle of. But yeah, it's, um, this is again, it's an argument for the humans. If you take the human out of the equation, do you end up with a better architecture yeah. or not? It's that's going to be an interesting question that we are going to have to really seriously debate. Yeah. No, I just wrote about the Sully thing, right? That's a great question. Mm. Right. That, yeah. That, like if, if that was all computer run, it probably would have tried to go to Teterboro and it would have crashed. Yeah. Right? It would have been a mess. Uh, Absolutely. Know, yeah. So because there was no, um, you know, like, like yeah, anyway, you, you know, we, no, you're right. We run it. I mean, vehicles, the vehicle. I mean, the, you've got the classic dichotomy of the vehicle. And if you look at that computer, who's that? Where's the loyalty? Is the loyalty for the person that's inside, a passenger, inside that passenger cell? Or is the loyalty for the person on the street when that computer's going to make a decision as right. to who dies? That's right. Because, you know, at that point, what what is the right decision? I don't know. And at what point do we put the computer on trial? That's right. That's right. And that opens up a whole nother sort of get the lawyers run up for liability for somebody who wrote code. I've asked that question and people tell me I'm crazy, but like, I don't know, man. I wonder the day when there's a lawsuit to try to backtrack to a Google software developer who wrote some code that made a decision of whether a baby or a grandmother should die. Right. We have it now. We've had it now uh, in, uh, in the security space. Um, uh, was it NRO group? Who was the group over in uh, 
oh gosh, it was one of the groups that was attacking all of the mobile and cellular systems. Again, somebody have to Google this one. They went after the individuals. And I'm like, and, and they went after the exploiters and the individuals. We see it in the research community. You know, if I go knock on your door and go, I say I found a problem with your system. Um, half the time, I'm going to be met with lawyers. I won't be met with a welcome act going, hey, thank you. I'll be met hey, with a lawyer. That, you know that firsthand, right? <laughs> Our first yeah. point of discussion. Exactly. But I think you're right. I, I really, I don't see it being very, very long. I mean, you look at insulin pumps, you look at the voting system, you look right. at any railroad crossing, any of those things where human life is at risk. The first time that it screws up and a lawyer gets a sniff of, hey, I can go after, you go after the developer, but then the developer used six or seven different open source libraries. Right, right, they right. use 90% of the, well, who the hell did you go after? Well, they did it. We did, they, yeah, it's not fun. And it's going to happen more and more often, I want to say. Yeah, maybe they go after the lark for JK, you know. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, obviously. Um, but that's it. I mean, I, at that point, I mean, that's, you know, it's like, hang on, I, I built this for this, and you used right. that. Yeah, yeah, no. oh, yeah, you know I was joking. Well, my friend, oh, yeah, no, but I guess. This, is, this is brilliant. I knew it was going to be awesome, and, like, it Thank is you. awesome, and... Uh, and then, um, you know, just in general, I, I should we, I should make more of an attempt just to catch up with you. And uh, nah, we'll catch up when you know the deal. I mean, we're all running around like no, it's we're all just crazy and all that. This this but, works. This is awesome. And at some point in time, when we when we emerge from the craziness or whatever the new version of us is going to be, then um, I'll bring the whiskey case. We well, well, well uh, you know, I'll bring the I'll bring the McAllen. You bring the Carolina, and we'll just set them both down. <laughs> all right. I love that idea. It's all right, man. Love. Take care, my friend. You too, brother. You take care. All right.